are listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Today's episode with Lee Howell is a total treat. Lee is a mom of three boys, a wife, and a family physician. But in 2020, her life took a major turn, beyond 2020's usual turn of a global pandemic. After receiving a cancer diagnosis, she felt God press pause on her life plans and stop the autopilot, forcing her to redirect her attention and reassess her priorities accordingly. From there, she took a major shift in her medical career and a faithful jump in a different direction. Today on Thrive, Lee shares her story with a vulnerable inside look into her brain throughout the process, as well as tips for dealing with any feelings of guilt that may pop up when making big life shifts. We also break down the idea of balance and figure out the sweet spot for truly having it all while creating better boundaries to reflect your honest priorities in your current season. Stay tuned through this episode. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Lee. Thank you so much, Erica, for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be um, a part of your space, a part of this podcast. Thank you for having yes. me. Of course. You're so welcome. Thank you for sharing your time and talent and thoughts with us all on Thrive today. Um, really excited to have you. We were just joking before we hit record that we could probably talk forever because we had to stop <laughs> hard stop our conversation to be like, wait a minute, <laughs> we have to hit record and and put on a have a conversation here on the air. So you are a mama of three boys, you're a wife, you're a family physician. So you kind of do it all. And I know things took a bit of a major turn for you at the end of 2020 on top of everything else that went down in 2020, which we were chatting about before, um, which really led to some major shifts in your own life and a change in direction to kind of the path that you're on now, a change in mindset, all of that good stuff. So without stealing any of your thunder, tell us your story. Well, I mean, I think if we can rewind like pre-pandemic, um, you know, growing up, I was the you know, I was the good girl. I got the good grades. You know, I went to the good school, um, got good grades there. So I went to medical school, you know, in medical school after that, you go through residency and you said so there was a very much of a, a laid out path for me, if that makes sense. Um, and, and I did it, you know, right. So, I mean, I followed, I followed the steps, you know, step one, step two, step three, and um, I feel like after introducing children into the life, um, my husband's also a family practitioner. We went through med school and residency together. And so the two physician household can be, um, it is it is interesting <laughs> to say in the least. And after a lot. <laughs> a lot. But after introducing kids into that, I, it really... I really felt pulled. I will say that, you know, between this identity that I had of, you know, I've always been the, just the independent, I can do this, I'll do it my way kind of person. 
to, you know, feeling like God was shining a light on other parts of my identity, you know, as a wife, as a mom, you know, my, I had one at the very end of residency and then a couple of years later had a set of twins. And so I felt like <laughs> it was like a, um, a whirlwind there for a while. Um, and I did, I felt so pulled in this, the strongest part of my identity of, I'm a physician. This is what I do. I take care of other people. Um, to, wow, I really want to be with my kids. You know, I don't want somebody else raising my kids. I could hire, we don't have family in town. I mean, I could hire the nanny or, yeah, I just, I didn't want it, but I felt so pulled that, you know, here I'd spent so much of time and effort and money um, into being a physician and, you know, really felt God shining a light on other parts of my life. So we, you know, we did different things in terms of our schedules so that I could be home a little bit more and was so thankful for that. Um, but I have to say, I mean, from the time that the kids were born through early 2020, I mean, it was, it was hard. You know, I was all day long taking care of other people and listening to other people, which I felt like is my God-given strength. But then coming home and feeling like, oh my gosh, I, I want to be this loving wife and this loving mother. And I still have anything left in my tank. Um, so it kind of felt like a, like an imposter in my own life, for lack of a better word, like maybe feeling like I was just going through the motions or doing, you know, putting my head down, doing what needed to happen. Um, and then, yeah, then the pandemic hit. And then three kids came home and I had, I guess at the time of two fourth graders and a seventh grader. And here I am trying to like, listen in on these like CDC calls of, you know, what is this COVID stuff and how are we managing it today while I'm making breakfast and while I'm helping them get on, you know, their Zoom stuff with school and getting their schoolwork done. And, um, and I know that that, my, that story I'm sure is some version of that, what we all experienced that year. Um, and so that in and of itself, you know, was hard and part of my story, but certainly not, that certainly was not the beginning of it. But at the very end of 2020 was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I was 40, 43, 43. And, um, yeah, I mean, that just kind of stopped me in my tracks, <laughs> you know, and not that I ever think God puts bad things in people's lives, but I do think that he can use those things to get your attention. And I did, I, um, even before the pandemic hit early in 2020, I had decided to um, get my own health and life coach certification. I kind of thought that I would use it more so in clinic, um, I worked a lot with children and adolescents with obesity and thought that some version of my coaching I would use in clinic. Um, but then at the end of 2020, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I just, I looked at my husband and I'm like, this is it. Like, I, you know, I don't know what will ever happen with my medical career, but like, 
I felt like God was encouraging me to, to pay attention and to do something different. And so I did. Um, after I recovered from surgeries, then um, decided to, like, I'm, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in um, and started my own health and life coach business. Um, you know, but even making that decision was so hard. I mean, I felt like I was, I was, I was losing part of my, what I thought was my identity. Um, you know, I, I was worried about friends and family would think like, what do you mean you've invested all this time and effort and money and you're going to walk away from a medical career to be a coach? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is that? Explain to me what you do. And I mean, honestly, I was probably most scared of telling my parents and my in-laws because they had been there with Travis and I the whole time during med school and residency. I was, you know, and they're from that generation where you get up and you go to work and you do what needs to happen and you work hard for your family and, you know, you, you just do it. No matter if you're struggling or totally unhappy or not, you just kind of do it. Um, you know, but I think Jesus had other plans. You know, he, my mother-in-law looked at me, she's like, well, you're not really walking away from your medical career. You're simply just using your training in a different way. And, and I did, that was a, a big part of that, that journey for me to be able to accept that I, I was allowed to have a different part of my identity. You know, I was allowed to dream a different dream and and do something different career-wise you know it allowed me to be home with my kids in a different way that I never would have if I hadn't left clinic you know for those couple of years um and so yeah you know, it totally um gave me an opportunity to figure out how to thrive instead of the automatic just day-to-day -day autopilot um, just kind of surviving and, um, yeah. and, you know, what a blessing it's been, you know, fast forward three years that I've been able to not just create that for myself, but to really work with other women to see that, you know, that yeah. it doesn't have to be this do it all lifestyle that you are allowed to step back and and dream a little bit about what you want and to live into that live into your strengths and mm -hmm. um, not feel like you're so isolated you're not I think I, I said this before we hit record that you're not atlas you don't feel like you're having to hold up the whole your whole world by yourself yeah I love something that you said in that uh God does not make the bad things happen but I think it's such an important thing to point out because I think in those hardest moments that we all inevitably have in life, because that's life, um, we can, I feel like oftentimes you see, you know, people are crying out like, God, why are you doing this to me? And we forget that God's not actually doing it to us. He might be allowing something to happen, but he's not sitting up there on a throne going, today you have a really bad day, zap. Like right. it's not, that's just not how it works. So I think it's just such a powerful perspective that you were able to just share that you could see that and kind of open yourself up to this idea of like, 
all right, this is not what I had planned. This is not what I wanted. But maybe somewhere in this mess, there is a message. And maybe it is something like I love how you said, you know, it kind of stopped you in your tracks and maybe was like a very necessary reality check or just shift, even just to stop you enough to press pause on that autopilot to go, wait a minute assess <laughs> where are we at here what's happening how do I really feel about it what is what is truly going on and what is God trying to tell me through it all because otherwise I mean granted of course we all don't want that to happen in the form of a serious diagnosis right. but I mean hey that if there's if you're trying to find the good somewhere in there I think that's a really powerful thing that you were able to do well and you know I think I said it earlier I've always been this fiercely independent person, you know, God bless my father. He has always been the one of like, you can do it all. You can do anything you put your mind to. Um, but I've always been the one that would tend to overcook that almost like kind of, you know, spaghetti is delicious until you overcook those noodles and they're pasty and gross. <laughs> and that, that I felt like God was saying, you have overcooked this like fierce independence. Mm. You know, I, I kind of laugh at myself because I still do it. I mean, let's be real. I mean, this is, it's a part of me that I feel like I have to surrender every single day. Um, is that that independent part of me? But I was always the one that would, you know, I would go and I'd pray and I'd say, I'm God, I'm giving this to you. But if something wasn't, feeling right or it wasn't happen, happening fast enough or maybe it wasn't the answer that I wanted you know I'd be the one that would just pick it right back up <laughs> and and say okay well I'll just I'll just keep doing it my way um and I do I felt like I mean nobody wants a cancer diagnosis to be the one that says you need to wake up and you know figure out how to let go but um but yeah no I do think that there are things, even if they're not quite as serious as that, that if we're looking, if we're listening, for asking, you know, to be shown, you know, for that courage or that wisdom, um, that they do pop up and they are yeah. moments where you can surrender into that. Yeah. When you first realized that you were kind of on this what felt like a runaway train sort of, so to speak, what was kind of like your stream of consciousness like, or what was kind of your thought process like? Because I know for many of us, this can probably feel like a moment of total panic where you're like, oh my gosh, like my life is on the wrong, I'm going the wrong speed or I'm going the wrong direction when you actually consciously realize, oh no, something is not right. So do you think in the moment you were this calm and kind of had this conscious awareness of like, all right, surrender to God's plan. We'll get through it. Calm, cool, collected. Or did you have a moment where you were kind of like, oh shoot, this is worse. No, we're spiraling downward <laughs> quickly. You know, I think there were, there were times of both. And, and I think, you know, if any of us, if we're truly honest, I mean, there yeah. are times of both, you know, I can remember driving my kids to school thinking, and this was after, um, I had tried to, you know, change my clinic schedule, you know, I'm trying to like dip my toes into it, right? Like I knew what I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to create that exit strategy and, 
you know, open up my own health and life coach business, but at the same time, you know, felt like I was trying to bring plan B along with me at the same time, you know, I wasn't ready to shut that door, but yeah, no, there was definitely a moment where I felt that door shut and yeah, you know, that was scary as all get out, you know, I mean, I don't care. Yeah. We're human. You're right. We're scared. Yeah. I think too, when we realize that something is off or maybe not working as it could, or it should be, I think a lot of us can also be immediately hit with this sense of guilt. Like we did something wrong along the way, or like we missed a sign or we missed a calling or like that something was our fault, even if it wasn't our intention or our fault, I think it can still feel not great as if we somehow failed ourselves or failed our families or just, you know, failed in general. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on kind of addressing those thoughts if or when they come up in our brains so that we can keep moving forward in a way that is productive and healthy and not kind of shaming ourselves along the way and giving ourselves that grace and space to redream and rethink and pick a and redirect and have that new path without kind of letting the hammer come down on ourselves along the way. No, I love that. Um, I think for me, the guilt would lie more in the, you have worked so hard for that identity as a physician. And, and you're really just going to let that go? Really? <laughs> to do something, I mean, that's a solid career and I'm getting ready to start my own business in the middle of a pandemic. Like who does that? Um, so that was my guilt. Um, you know, and I can honestly say that it was not done in isolation. I mean, it was a conversation with my husband and I, and, you know, if, if I were a single mom or, you know, I was the primary breadwinner, it would have been a very different story. You know, I wouldn't have, you know, those choices along the way would have been either different or just maybe in a different order. Um, I think, I, you know, God would have still got me where he wanted me to be, but, um, you know, I had that blessing of my husband also as the breadwinner. So, you know, I could pivot and pause and, you know, look for something different. Um, you know, but I think for no matter what, what our backstory is of feeling that nudge of, you know, something's got to give, or I'm not on the right path, um, is to not, to not think that we can do this by ourselves. You know, that I, I like to think about it as my, my life's board of directors. You know, I have, even if, even if there's not somebody that I pay to be a coach, I mean, there is somebody in my life that, that is a coach, that's a mentor, you know, I've got the peers, you know, I've got my best friends that can, you know, support me. Maybe they can give me some tough love and say, you know, you know, really that, I mean, I'll laugh and use the example of, you know, if my, if my committee, if my board of directors is trying to keep me working in my own strengths 
and I start like raising my hand and saying, oh, I'll do this, I'll do this. And for them to look at me and say, really? You're going to volunteer to be the PTA president this year? It's like, because <laughs> you and I both know that that is not in your strength. <laughs> but to have people around you that can say that to you. Mm -hmm. um, and then somebody to be your champion, you know, to support you and to push you a little bit that you don't have to do this by yourself. And yes, I do think that there is clarity in our actions, but having that kind of board of directors, so to speak, to offer some clarity about, you know, what is the next best step for me? Like, I think I know, um, but tell me what you think. Do you think your, your moment, so to speak, kind of came at a time when you were placing your identity in your job as a physician? Because I feel like sometimes I know for me in my own life, I've had a lot of those moments where it was kind of like forced to press pause, forced to rethink, take a step back, reassess, whatever kind of came, if I'm being honest, at moments where I was putting my identity in something maybe besides Christ, you know, like as, as Christian women, like maybe if I wasn't in a posture of surrender and I was trying to white knuckle my way through my life <laughs> and be the one make, having all of the say and calling all of the shots and making it all happen myself. And my identity was kind of becoming a little bit rooted in that or in a specific role out. And that was where I was kind of getting my, I don't know, like sense of fulfillment or my sense of maybe some pride from whatever. Do you think that was kind of on similar for you or, or no? Absolutely. And I mean, I think God does bless us with hindsight. Um, mainly because I think me being able to look back and seeing that, you know, maybe, maybe I thought God was the biggest part of my identity, but looking back on it, maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe it was on, you know, being a physician or being a mom or being a wife, like whatever I was focusing on, which are all wonderful things that are kind of part of my identity map, you know, but maybe Christ wasn't at the top of that identity map. Mm, yep. And I'm going to totally butcher this quote. It's by Nias Nin. We don't see the things the way they are. We see things the way we are. And mm -hmm. um, I totally think that's where I was. I, I was seeing things the way that I was. You know, I didn't have that perspective. Um, and maybe I had to go through that obstacle to have that perspective. You know, if God is trying to help me be the best version of his beloved daughter that I can be, then I had to figure out a way around, through, under, whatever I had to do to get onto the other side to be that best version um, of his daughter, then, then yes. And then hopefully that can serve me in the future of saying, you know, look, you, God got you through that. You know, why are you worrying about X, Y, or Z now? Like you have proof in your life that that God got you through that. And mm -hmm. so I think it, it, it's kind of two pronged. Like, I think I need to be able to look back and see like, 
yeah, you're right. You know, if I look at my identity as a map, it's multifaceted, but if God wasn't at the top of that, yeah, maybe I had to go through that to become the version, the person he wants me to be. And then, then maybe I can have the courage to step into that beloved woman and daughter that he needs me to be so that if you're struggling right now, maybe you can borrow some of that courage. Mm. Um, and I think that, um, I mean, that's kind of a, a huge connection piece for me is um, I don't have to do this by myself. And I certainly don't want other women who are, let's be real. I mean, somebody's story is maybe slightly different from mine, but the bottom line is that we're kind of struggling with that identity and purpose. And if, if I can bring somebody along with me based, you know, based of what I've experienced, then you know, maybe that is God's intention for me. I know something you've said before is that living a life that is in balance is not the same as simply fixing an imbalance in mm -hmm. our careers and in our personal lives, which I just love. So can you break this down for us, break that quote down for us and kind of what that means to you? Because I just love this idea. So, you know, anytime somebody says balance, I think a lot of us kind of go to that, you know, you're in high school chemistry and you've got to, to balance the scale, right? When, and it has to, it has to be even. Um, and I think one thing, you know, kind of through my journey is that it's this idea of a season and this idea of harmony that, you know, I know a lot of us would, whether it's through social media or whether you're reading blogs or, you know, whether you're reading news articles, talking about work-life balance and, and it just kind of dawned on me, I'm like, that is, that is not real. <laughs> I don't think that, um, I respectfully disagree with that statement. Um, that is not real. And I think, um, especially as women, when you're looking at that scale and expecting it to be balanced at all times, um, kind of setting ourselves up for a little bit of failure there, aren't we? That, you know, there's this, this ideal, like, oh, look at her, you know, she can work full time and take care of three kids and volunteer at church or volunteer in the community. Why can't I do that? And so it very much um, in, in the women that I've worked with kind of leads us to this place of, I'm not good enough. Like, why can't I do that? Why can't my life be balanced? You know, versus if we just kind of take a few steps back and redefine what balance or success means. You know, maybe it's not me landing, you know, the next big job or, you know, getting the next big promotion. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's not it. Maybe that's not the season that I, that God has me in right now, but, you know, there is such power in, in the present and in presence, um, you know, whether I am these past couple of years, I mean, I certainly have been given the time to be more present with Travis and my boys. Um, 
but this idea that just like the seasons change for us from winter to spring, that this particular season that I'm in right now isn't forever either. And so I don't have to feel like I have to find that balance, you know, or fix this imbalance, you know, where I'm, you know, oh, I've worked way too many hours this week and I'm bringing it home and I'm on my laptop while I'm trying to make dinner and, you know, like, oh yeah, I'll play that game with you in a minute to my kids. We are allowed to say, I mean, A, we're allowed to step back and say, I do not have to define set success as I I can do it all in every season of life because that is where I feel like we've been kind of misled. Um, and, you know, something I really work hard with my clients on is this idea of, you know, what are my priorities? Um, what do I want? And be able to take a step back and say, if I'm saying that these are my priorities and what I want, but yet my calendar shows something completely different, you know, how can I have that courage and clarity to, to rectify that? Um, and, you know, that that's allowed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm allowed to put up boundaries because, you know, boundaries doesn't have to be some four letter word, you know, that it's, it's not meant to be mean. It's meant to, it's meant out of love and it's meant to create a space where, you know, I can find harmony in whatever season of life I find myself in. I love that too. Something I've said in the past is like balance is like a, it's like a dirty word in and of itself for <laughs> perfection because yeah. By nature, for a scale to be balanced, it needs this truly sort of perfect equilibrium on both sides. And then to maintain it, you still need to be able to maintain the sense of perfect equilibrium on both sides or else the scale will tip. So it's like by nature, if you find yourself in this crazy sort of balancing act, you're like constantly striving for this sense of perfection or else the scale will topple and you won't be balanced anymore. So it's like, I love this idea that you've said of harmony instead where, and, and seasons, this is like all things. I'm like, yes, we're here for it because we don't force the seasons to change. Like we know that they will change and we know that change will come. And that's inevitable because that's just how nature works. And I feel like so often we forget to just apply that to our own lives that like, it might be the season we're in right now. It might not be our favorite season or the easiest season, but it's still a necessary season. And it will also pass the same way that the next season might be like totally our jam, but it also will pass at some point. And we'll, we'll probably have some not so great ones after that too. Like it's all cyclical and natural and part of the process of our lives and God's plan for us. And like, the whole nine yards. So I think that's such just a powerful way to look at it instead of trying to think like, all right, am I balanced? Am I, is this, is this the tightrope that I'm walking on? Am I good? Because then you're just like constantly trying to do something that's not, not sustainable. Well, and I'm so glad you used that word sustainable. Like I, you know, when I was thinking about, you know, what does it take for that perfection or for that balance. And the idea that the A is not sustainable, like we will crumble. Like we, we will crumble. We will get tired. Um, we will burn out. And, you know, I think that's another piece where God is saying, you know, 
know your what and your why, but let me figure out the how. Like that is not your part to hold on to. Um, and it certainly was a part that I held on to. I mean, it was, well, how is this going to happen? Well, if I don't know, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> I'm going to figure out my version of that versus surrendering that how to God and kind of going back to that idea of where am I putting God on my identity map? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I, what am I gaining from this facade of perfection? Mm. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm gaining a lot from that. I'm, is there a little bit of me that's a little proud to say, yeah, look at me doing all the things. And, you know, reality is if you walk through my laundry room and the, the clean laundry is like up to the halfway point on the dryer, you can't even open it. Like, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff, it, there's no such thing as perfection. And I think when we um, set that as our expectation, um, it's when it can be so personally um, damaging, mm-hmm. you know, for our physical and mental and emotional health, that that is, you know, that is so you know, damaging. And, you know, part of that, part of that perfection is completely avoiding failure. And it's taken me a long time to look at failure as an opportunity to learn that it's simply feedback that I'm really not going to, I'm not going to die. You know, I'm, (laughs) I failed at something. Um, the prior me would have never said that. You're like, what do you mean you want me to fail at something? That's, that is not what I do. <laughs> and um, yeah, once, and, it, and it, for me, it's still a daily practice of, I'm going to try this and it may or may not work because I can't, I can see maybe the next best step, but I can't see, I mean, I think about it like the headlights of your car. I mean, I can see the thing that's right in front of me at night, but I can't see what else is out there um, and getting to the point where I can surrender to God enough to be like, okay, I'm okay being able to see the 50 yards in front of me. I don't have to see the rest yet. Um, and letting go of some of that fear of failure. Um, I know you've got little ones, but, and they totally see it too, but I've got three teenage boys and part of me as a mom has thought about how are they going to learn that it's okay to fail, that mm. they don't have to be perfect? And then in fact, this life is not going to be perfect. So how do I even deal when life throws me those tough seasons, those curveballs? Um, is it they, they have to see Travis and I fail at something and be okay? I mean, it has to be age appropriate. You know, there's things you can't share with your children, but I mean, there's pieces of that you can. And I feel like that is an important part of you know, my identity as a mom to be able to, to share with them that life's not perfect. You don't have to be perfect. And it's okay to, to figure it out, maybe fail and then evolve. Yeah. Since we know we are at that place where I think we're all in mutual understanding here that we can't actually have it all at the same time, at least. Do you think there is 
maybe a sweet spot somewhere along the line where you can still have this sense of thriving at work while being present and thriving at home without sacrificing your health or your career or your happiness or like even if you can't have it all all at the same time and maintain this for a long period of time do you think there is some sort of sweet spot or something to do to kind of have as much of it as you possibly can <laughs> at the same time I do I do I think there is something that has to be very intentional about it though um for me, it, it was really getting clear on my core values. You know, what are my priorities? Um, getting very clear on kind of that identity map. You know, I know that I'm multifaceted, but who do I say I am? And allowing myself to say, you know, like, who could I be or who will I be? Um, allowing myself to dream a little bit instead of, you know, pigeonholing myself into this, like, I have to do it this way. Um, and then using both of those, use, I mean, I think it just kind of like totally overlaps, but using those core values and my understanding of how I identify myself um, and being able to lean into what I feel like my God-given purpose is. Um, you know, I will say that kind of on this personal journey for me, I fi figured out that the purpose is not out there somewhere, you know, it's completely in me, you know, the day I was born, I mean, God gave me all the purpose that I needed. Um, and to be able to, to lean into that. Um, but ultimately, if you know, you're looking for the, I'm a busy mom, I'm a busy wife, I'm a busy friend, I'm a busy career person, you know, how can I at least find some harmony there is getting so clear on that, those core values, that identity and purpose and being able to set boundaries in, in each of those areas of your life to say, you know, if I say my health is one of my top five priorities, but yet I look at my calendar and I don't see, you know, time to exercise built into that at all. Or, you know, I'm not cooking at home and I'm running through Chick-fil-A five times. Like, having the courage to say, you know what? You may say that health is a priority for you, but you're not living that. How can I then create some boundaries in my life? And you know what? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to, when you are trying to communicate differently or set those boundaries, people are going to push back against you. You know, whether it's at work, they're like, what do you mean? Like, you're always the one that raises your hand for the next project or, you know, your, your kids to look at you and say, you know, what do you mean? You mean you play with us from the time we get home from school till the time we go to bed. Like I, it is okay to be able to set those boundaries because ultimately those boundaries will help protect those core values and identity and purpose so that you can pour into others. Um, yeah. And so I'm not saying setting boundaries is easy. Um, we all have blind spots. I kind of go back to my, my board of directors. Um, I, can't, I can't set those boundaries without other people's input because they're gonna see things that, that I don't see. Um, 
and I'm not saying that it's easy. I mean, making different choices. Maybe you're making different choices than all the other moms in your mom group. You're like, no, I can't do that today because I'm going to the gym or, you know, no, I can't, I can't do that, you know, one more volunteer job because I'm making time to do a Bible study at church for myself. You know, so there may be people that kind of distance themselves from you and that can be feel really hard in the moment. But in the end, when you are setting those boundaries, you're protecting yourself and you're protecting those top priorities in your life. Yeah. I want to ask you before we start wrapping up, um, do you have some quick tips or like a quick mental bullet list that people can run through for figuring out their core values? Because I feel like that's a really important piece of the conversation and a really important kind of next step. And I don't want to leave everybody hanging with like, wait, but how do I figure out my core values if I don't know? So like, (laughs) what are kind of like, I don't know if it's like top three, top five, whatever you kind of recommend for here's how to quickly walk through and figure out based on who you already are, who you like, what you already do, who God already made you to be. Here's how to kind of call them out and be like, all right, here's my core values. Let me prioritize accordingly. I will give you a solid one because we, we can do one. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Seek out the person in your life. You know, God bless my dad. I wouldn't go to him because he would say, well, you can do anything that you want to do because that is who he is. God bless dads. (laughs) God bless. Yeah. God bless him for that support. I want to go to the person that is going to be, to be honest and ask that person, what is it that you come to me for? Because at the, when you boil that down, that is your strength and passion. It's what you're good at. And underneath that lies your core values. You know, I, I'm not going to say that my core value is I'll pick on myself, you know, in terms of I am a doer. I will help you until my fingers bleed. I am not going to be the one that's going to organize your PTA or be like, you know, this thing, this organizational committee or whatever. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But um, it will feel right. So when you ask that person, what do you come to me for? Underneath that is your strength and your passion. And underneath that is your core values. Like that is what you value. And, um, you know, it's not to say that you may not value something else that may be in your weaknesses. You know, I can value that my best friend is like the best organizer in the world. I will totally support her in that. But that's not what lights me up. It's not what I am good at. That's not my strength. That is not my core value. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, so just asking that very honest question, which is kind of scary because, I mean, there might be things out there that I want to be good at. You know, I kind of think about like doing those personality tests that we've all done <laughs> at some point in our life. I would sit there and like pour over these answers. I'm like, well, is this the real answer or is this what I want the answer to be? you know, is this really my core value and strength or is this what I, either I want it to be or what I think others think it should be? Ooh, so good. 
for that yeah. person, if, you know, if you pick the right one, it's going to be very honest when you, when they say, this is what I come to you for. Essentially, this is your superpower. And knowing that superpower, being able to lean into it, not be tempted to dig into somebody else's superpower that's not yours, <laughs> leave that alone, um, I think will get you so far closer to the, what are my core values? What is my identity? What is my purpose? Um, I think that one question will get us so close to that. Yeah, that's so good. Leah, I want to get things wrapped up by asking you something we ask all guests to close out the show, which is what does thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Mm. I think it is being, so thriving would mean me being the best version of me that God has created me to be. Um, Not perfect the best version that I can be right now. Um, and the way I would hope to continue thriving is instead of allowing myself to kind of silo and be captain independent, like I'm always so tempted to be, is to remain connected with those folks that can, that can be my board of directors and that can say, you know, are you really living into that best version of yourself? Um, I mean, I, I like to think about it like your budget. You know, you write your budget every month. You probably look at it weekly to see what's coming in, what's going out. If you just wrote that budget once and didn't look at it ever again, like that, your finances are not going to be where you want them to be. And so it's kind of the same thing with our um my core values and my identity and my purpose is revisiting that every day being open and willing a for God's action in me but being open to what my special tribe can can help me see is how I try to maintain that thriving I love that Lee, thank you so much for coming on Thrive. I feel like this has been such a fruitful, honest, authentic conversation that's just going to, I think, help hopefully so many people thrive a little bit more. Um, so I just really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more, find out about your coaching and all that good stuff? Um, absolutely. And we can um, connect it down um, below, but I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find me at intentional-balance.org is my, um, is my website. Um, and I think one of my superpowers is, um, connecting with others and listening. So I would love to, um, I would, I just enjoy meeting people and, uh, seeing how I can pour into them. So I'd love to connect. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.